we're going to be looking at the book of John this morning. John chapter 1, uh, 1 through 5. Let's go ahead and look at that. John chapter 1, 1 through 5. Here's what it says. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He, the Word, was with God in the beginning, and all things were created through Him. And apart from Him, not one thing was created that has been created. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. And that light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. This is the word of the Lord. Pray with me. Father, we do want to pray for uh, New Heights Church uh, this morning in uh, Milton, West Virginia. Lord, we pray your greatest blessing upon them as they open their new uh, church building. Pray it would be a beacon of light there in that community. And uh, Lord, you just provide all that they need and that you would um, turn many to you as a result. Uh, bless that church, and we thank you for them. Father, we thank you for Jesus this morning, Jesus who is the Word of God, Jesus who is the eternal God, Jesus who is the creator God, Jesus who is the life and light. Thank you that even today the darkness does not overcome him. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Amen. So this morning uh, it, we are uh, celebrating uh, the season of Advent, right? Uh, Advent, the word just simply means uh, arrival. So this is a season in the life of the church throughout the history of the church and in our world today where churches are all around the world are celebrating the arrival of Jesus, the birth of Jesus, but also um, the fact that he's already came, that happened a long time ago. We're looking forward to his arrival again when he comes back. So uh, to celebrate uh, Advent, we're going to be starting a new teaching series uh, called Good Life, and we'll be looking at the Gospel of John. So we're going to be in the book of John for uh, a minute, take a break uh, from our uh, study on the uh, Apostles' Creed. Um, the book of John is uh, one of the four biographies of the life of Jesus. When you turn the page to the second part of the Bible, it's called the New Testament, you get four eyewitness accounts of the life of Christ. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And John is like a uh, a favorite book of a lot of uh, Christians. It would be kind of like if you were to ask me, hey, uh, I just started, I, I want to read the Bible, where should I go to? Go to John, right? It is a great book. It's very simple, but at the same time, pretty mind-blowing uh, as well. So he uh, was a, a follower of Jesus. He was a disciple of Jesus. He was one of those who was closest to Jesus. And he wrote this book because Jesus changed his life. He changed this man's life. He wrote the, his account of Jesus because he wanted to share Jesus with you. He wanted you to know about uh, Jesus. And one of the main themes in the book of John is life. Right? It is eternal life. That is why he wrote this book, and he wants to show us that. I, I want to I show you what he says himself about it in John chapter 20, verse 31. Look at this. But these things, these are written. He wrote these things down so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah the promised King of Israel, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. This is why John wrote this book. So a good life is a wonderful life. That's what I want to start out this morning, right? We're talking about the good life. A good life is a wonderful life, right? So where do we go to get that? 
Where, where do we go to find uh, the good life, or the wonderful life? Uh, I would imagine most of, most of you in here, if not all of you, you want to have a decent life. Right? You want to have a, a good life. A lot of people uh, look for life in experiences or activities. Uh, for instance, hunting. Right? This is hunting season, so a lot of people are talking about hunting. I love hunting myself, right? so I, I'm not uh, saying... That's a bad thing, but a lot of people find their life in it. Uh, for instance, there's a show called Meat Eater. Anybody watch that show? That's a great show, yeah. I, I love that show. Uh, here's the intro of the show, though. He says, Stephen Rinelli says, I live to hunt and hunt to live. Now, let's be honest. He does not hunt to live. He is not out there hunting because that's how he's providing for his family. I'm sure he, he enjoys the meat right? But really, hunting is his life, right? That's where he finds his life, and that's where he thinks the, uh, the good life is. Um, I went to visit uh, my brother for Thanksgiving out in Dayton, Ohio, and uh, he took me to the National Museum of the Air Force, which is amazing, by the way. They have like six different hangars. I'm telling you, they got like space shuttles. They got an Air Force One up in there. I'm talking all in the same hangar and like 50 other like jets and planes. I mean, these, these things are massive. And he, you know, he just retired from the Air Force. So, uh, and, you know, so I got like the, the personal tour from the person who knows about these, uh, these jets and these planes. And he was like whispering stuff like, don't let everybody know I'm giving you this inside information about these, this equipment here. Showed me all the fighter uh, jets and uh, told me about the F-16 that he got uh, to do a ride-along. And the F-16, you know, <laughs> the G-forces uh, kind of uh, peeled him back a little bit. Um, and, uh, and we were talking about how that was probably an experience of a lifetime, getting to ride in an F-16. How crazy would that be? And then they had this uh, simulator, right? It was... <laughs> It was like a little virtual reality a roller coaster, and we, we all paid, me and the girls and my nephews, and I was the only adult uh, that, that was volunteered for this, and it was like a little uh, roller coaster, which, by the way, at this point in my life, I cannot do anything that is remotely close to a roller coaster, because my body will not let me do it, right? My stomach goes upside down. So we, we, we had multiple different options, you know, and we chose, like, the, the, the space voyage one uh, on this uh, simulator, and uh, we're, we're up and down, and you know, my, my nephew was over here, he, he slides all the way over here, and, and, and my stomach is going crazy, and we, we got sucked into a wormhole in space, and, and it, was a, <laughs> it, was a, it was a fun little virtual reality experience, but a lot of people live for stuff like that, right? But we want life to have a little bit of excitement, don't we? A little bit of uh, wonder. Uh, personal confession, I have never seen the movie, It's a Wonderful Life. I know that's probably a sin. I promise I will do it this holiday season, okay? I'll, I'll get it done. But I did uh, watch the intro to the movie uh, online. Here was the intro of the movie. You're invited to journey back to everyone's favorite small town, everyone's favorite Main Street, everybody's favorite holiday classic, where wishes come true, where guardian angels are real, where the greatest gift of all is right at home. I think this is, uh, you know, probably one of the reasons that people celebrate the holidays and Christmas um, is we want life to have a little bit of wonder to it, don't we? Life gets monotonous, you know, the day in, day out grind of, uh, of doing life. But uh, it, the, the, the intro mentions everyone's uh, favorite uh, small town. 
like our small town here. It's, it's beautiful right now. We got, we got everything decorated and the lights and the tree, you know. Um, but there are things about our community that aren't always wonderful. And I know we don't like to talk about that, and it looks beautiful right now, but there are going to be tears uh, somewhere in the small town this Christmas, right? And there won't be tears uh, of joy. Uh, this, uh, this intro says, you know, dream, or dreams always come true, or wishes always come true. Wishes often don't come true, do they? Things we want, things we hope for, they don't work out uh, in life. Talks about guardian angels. Uh, Sure doesn't feel like uh, there are angels out there at times, does it? Sometimes life can feel dark. It can feel like we're alone in life. Where is God? Talks about home being the greatest gift of all. But sometimes home hurts us the most, doesn't it? Uh, Holidays can be very difficult for people. But my point is everyone wants life to be wonderful. No one wants these things that I just mentioned to be a reality. Right? No one wants uh, the holidays to be miserable or life to be boring or anything like that. And it doesn't matter if you're here, you, you're a Christian or not. Right? You want a good life. Right? You want a decent life. But here's my question to you. Y'all, y'all ready? Here's my question for you here this morning. Is your life wonderful? Is your life wonderful? Because a good life is a, is a wonderful life. And we're going to see in the book of John, the good life, the wonderful life is in Jesus. And you might be thinking here, maybe you're thinking here this morning, man, my life, I'm good without Jesus. Or maybe you're here and you claim to be, you're a Christian, right? You own Jesus, but you're kind of settling for an okay life. When you know Jesus has got something better um, for you. I hear people say this all the time. It's whatever. People say same day, different stuff, right? But it could be the same day, or it could be a different day, same stuff, and be wonderful with Jesus at the same time. Because there's a big difference. There's a big difference between existing and living. When you say same day, different stuff, you're just existing. There's a big difference between existing and having a good life, a wonderful life. You see, and this is why Jesus came. Jesus came to give us uh, a, a wonderful life. So that's the second thing I want us to drill down on this. A wonderful life is what Jesus gives. This is what we're celebrating during Advent, right? And Jesus himself says this in John chapter 10, verse 10. Listen to this. These are Jesus' words. A thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I've come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. Jesus says, listen, this is the reason I've came. I've come into the world to give, to give life. Now, how does that work? How does it work that Jesus comes to give us uh, the good life? Uh, we have been having water pressure issues at my house for, for a while now. Right? I have been trying to figure this out, right? And I've, I, I figured it out. I boiled it down. It, it is my uh, water softener. So uh, my water softener has been uh, collecting a lot of sediment uh, because the filter before that uh, has failed on me. Right, so I basically tore my water softener apart. Listen, I, I can tell you exactly how that thing works. I have tore every single piece of it, of it apart. Uh, I've been in my crawl space way too long, right? Uh, but I fixed it, man. I fixed it, man. Every time I get up and turn on that shower, man, I'm like, man, thank you, Lord. Right? This is amazing right now. Before, sometimes it would just be tr- trickling out, out, and that's no good. Um, so 
We want to do the same thing when it comes to the good life that Jesus offers us. We want to know how it works, right? And we, what we're going to do is we're going to break down this passage in John chapter 1, right? And we're going to see. Let's look at it, verse 1. We're going to take John, we're going to truck through the whole book. Not this morning, but for a while. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Word here, do you see it's repeated three times? Word is the name that John gives to Jesus. Isn't that interesting? What, a, what an interesting name that uh, John gives to Jesus. You guys remember uh, your first words? I didn't think so. Most people, yeah, most people don't, right? But here's my point. Uh, you have been talking, using words, listening to words your whole life. So how important would you say words are? Think about it. Uh, my wife, uh, Audrey, actually graduated with a master's uh, in speech-language pathology. But she was actually uh, she was a speech therapist. And uh, I asked her uh, this, this past week about uh, the importance of speech. And she had a lot of uh, really good things to say. But she said, uh, the importance is we were meant to be able to communicate our needs and uh, our emotions with uh, other people. When there's a speech impairment, um, the the communicator, the person who's speaking, uh, can get, it's frustrating to not be able to get out uh, what you want to be able to say, but also to the listener. The listener has to uh, work uh, very hard to, uh, to understand. Speech impairment can make a relationship more difficult because the purpose of speech is meant to bond you together with other people. This is what words are, are for. All right, all right. So words explain, express, and communicate. Think about that. Like the, 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 the breath that comes up out of you that makes the sound is meant to explain things and communicate things and uh, express different things. Jesus does all that for God. That's why John calls him the Word. I want you to listen to this. Jesus being the Word says that the very nature of God is that he wants to speak to you. Think about this. I'm going to say it again. Jesus being the Word says that the very heart of God is that He wants to speak to you. And He, the Word, Jesus, speaks to us through the Word that is the Bible. This is why John wrote down his book. This book is Jesus' Word telling us about Him, Himself, who is the Word. It is God's explanation of Himself. Uh, John Calvin, he was a Swiss Protestant reformer in the 16th century, in his commentary on the book of John, this is how he translates John 1.1. He says, in the beginning was the speech. In the beginning was the speech. I love that. Right? Speech is necessary to have a wonderful life. Life as it was meant to be lived. God's word. God's speech to us. Jesus is the one who explains God to us and for us. That's what it means for him to be the word. So how does he do that? How is Jesus able to explain life and give life? Here's, what, here's how. Here's the reason. It's because Jesus has been there before life and time ever began. Look at, look at this uh, passage again. In the beginning was the Word. <clears throat> See that? John, uh, these are the first three words of the Bible, by the way, in the beginning. Right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. What John is saying is that in the beginning... Jesus was there. He's always been there. 
Right? Before uh, the mountains, before the oceans, Jesus Christ has been there. God's speech was there. In John chapter 5, Jesus says that he has life within himself. So before there was ever any life, Jesus had life within himself. He's always been there. He goes on, and the Word was with God. So all right, so we got Jesus, the Word, and we have God. So now we have two. You see that? We have Jesus, the Word, and we have God, God the Father. So what does it mean uh, that Jesus has always been with God? <clears throat> it means that they've always been together. Jesus and his Father, have always, uh, they've always been together. They've always had a good relationship. Jesus always had a good relationship uh, with his Father. It means that Jesus has always existed in the closest possible relationship with his Father. Right? So, uh, the Word, Jesus, and God the Father are not identical. They are two distinct persons, but yet they are one. And this is basic to understanding the one true and living God. It goes on, and the Word was God. See that? Jesus was God. So John, the ordinary guy, ordinary uh, Israelite, walked with Jesus for three years, heard his words, saw his example, saw his miracles, his life, his death on the cross, his burial, his resurrection from the dead. And here's his conclusion. He was God, the man Jesus. The baby born in Bethlehem who grew up to be a grown man was God in, God in the flesh. And you know Jesus said this about himself in countless ways. I'll give you one. John chapter 14, verse 8 and 9, he's having a conversation with another one of his disciples, a guy named Philip. And here's what Philip said. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. Show us God the Father. And here's Jesus' response. Have I been with you all this time, Philip? Philip, I've been with you the whole time. And you still don't know who I am. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. You see that? Jesus said, listen, Philip, I have been with you the whole time. If you have seen me, you have seen God the Father. So Jesus is able to give us uh, the good life because he can. He's God. He's the only one who can do it. Jesus is able to give us a wonderful life because he knows what life is all about. Look at, look at what John says in, in verse 2 and 3. He, Jesus, was with God in the beginning, and all things were created through Him. And apart from Him, not one thing has been created that has been created. All right, and these are really staggering claims. All right, he is saying that before the galaxies, before earth, sun, moon, and stars, that Jesus was there and it was God the Father, through His Word, that flung the galaxies into existence. That it was through His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the power of His mighty Word that, that, from, that spoke the universe into existence. Right? And, and, and this is quite different than how people typically think about uh, Christmas, isn't it? I'll give you an example of how we think about Christmas. Right? Uh, uh, the, the song, Rocking Around the Christmas Tree, right? uh, by Brenda Lee. This is the words. You will get a sentimental feeling when you hear voices singing, let's be, uh, let's be jolly, deck the halls with boughs of holly, right? 
Uh, so what is she saying here? Right? That when you see the Christmas lights and the tree and all these little things here and you know the garland and the presents, right? We feel all warm and, and, and fuzzy. Right? That's what sentimental means. We feel nice, we feel warm, uh, and we feel um, we feel um, good about that. But you know, that's all there is for some people. And if you think about it, like, really, can that give you a wonderful life? You know, this little fake garland right here, and some little lights on a tree, and, and, and a present that, I mean, do you really remember the presents you got last year? You know, um, and these things really can't uh, give us a, a wonderful life. We, we celebrate Christmas, it's over, and then we're let down uh, every year. Um, let, me, let me read to you some words from a different um, Christmas song. It's called A Voice is Sounding uh, by Sojourn Music, and it was a song that was adapted from a song from the 5th century. And it's an imitation. It says, come and see in awe and wonder the word a silent babe. Those words are so beautiful and so powerful that that silent babe that was born of, Ma- of Mary is the Word of God, is the, etern- the, the, the God who has always been there. Before there were any galaxies, before there was any planet Earth or moon, stars, sun, He was there, but He came into the world in that silent baby right there. You see, that's what you need to spike your eggnog this Christmas. Right? You, you don't need to get a bunch of booze and, and, and drink too much. You need that babe right, who is the Word of God. Right? That's what makes life uh, wonderful. Let me tell you why we need this. Time magazine uh, recently did an article with this title. America has reached peak therapy while our mental health is getting worse. Why is our mental health getting worse? So, Droves of people are, are flocking to professionals to get help for their depression or their anxiety, but our problems are getting worse. I want to show you what uh, this article uh, says. We got that? Yeah. About one in eight U.S. adults now takes an antidepressant, and one in five has already received some kind of mental health care from 2019 to 22. Even as people flock to therapy, U.S. mental health is getting worse by multiple metrics. Suicide rates have risen by about 30% since 2000, and almost one-third of U.S. adults now report symptoms of either depression or anxiety. Why is that? Why is it that the more we go after um, drugs and, and therapy, we're getting worse and worse and worse, right? It's time to ask that question. Why is that? Maybe we're looking in the, in the wrong place. Why is it that so many people don't seem to really be living, don't seem to really be experiencing life and living a wonderful life? Well, here's the answer, because a wonderful life is what Jesus gives. That's what he said. All right, John chapter 1, verse 4, look at this. In him was life. That is so simple, it's Jesus. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. What John is doing here is, is like pumpkin spice. We got any pumpkin spice fans in the, in the room? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know y'all, y'all put it on everything, and you got it in everything uh, during the holidays. What John here is doing is, is taking the book of Genesis like pumpkin spice, and he is sprinkling it all over his story about Jesus, right? The first book of the Bible. So words like beginning, life, life, light, darkness, 
all found in the first pages of the Bible. And what does God tell us there in the first chapters of the Bible? That He created all of life and us, placed humanity in abundant garden where He invited them to come and experience life as it was meant to be, eternal life. But then the story takes a wrong turn, doesn't it? They rejected the life that God uh, was offering them, and they tried to seize life for themselves, right, on their own terms, apart from uh, the life of God, right, which is the definition of sin. They wanted their best life now. <clears throat> and what were the consequences? Consequences are spiritual death, right, uh, distrust of each other, violence, division, the world that we live in. A world without hope uh, and without, without God. The result is a not-so-wonderful life. But John, this is why John is telling us the story. He's telling us the, the good news story of, of God's great love, His mercy and His kindness, the fact that He sent Jesus into the world. Just think about it. God sent His very own life into the world. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. You see, without Jesus, there is no life. Without Jesus, there is no light. Uh, when, I, when I go hunting and it starts, uh, starts getting dark after the sun goes down, I don't know about you, but my eyes start to play tricks on me. I'm like, I got I to gotta blink over and over again. I, can, I, can, I can't see anything. I don't know if there are deer around me or, or, or not. It's probably dangerous to be hunting close to me. But um, it's because of the darkness. You see, Jesus is the only one who can give us a wonderful life. Jesus is, is, like, a, is like a flashlight um, that we need in the darkness. Jesus is the light switch that needs to be flipped in our hearts, our minds, and our souls. Because without him, it's darkness. But the good news is that, is that he is the light of men. How can Jesus give you life and light? Look at verse 5. How can he do this? It says, the light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. You know, Jesus in John chapter 8, he claimed to be the light of the world, which is a bold uh, statement. And then John uh, details how Jesus lived his life and went to the cross. And at the cross, all the darkness of this world, all, all, the, all the demons and the devil and uh, those who were controlled by him, they all did their worst to Christ at the cross. Right? And Jesus took all, all of our darkness and all of our sin uh, and absorbed it uh, at the cross. And he died. And they buried him in a tomb, right? In that dark tomb, and they rolled that stone away. But you know, three days later, light came out of that tomb because he rose from the dead and he ascended into heaven. Notice this verse here says, the light shines in the darkness. What, what tense is that? That's the present tense, right? All the other verbs prior to this are past tense. In the beginning was the Word. Here, shifts, John shifts the present tense. The light shines in the darkness, which means because the, only, the only way the light can continue to shine currently is because he's alive, because he rose uh, from the dead and has overcome uh, the darkness. The light is currently shining. And Jesus is like a dust of dawn light. Right? This ain't a perfect illustration, but, but go with me here for a second. When it, when it gets dark out, the light comes on. Right? And the darkness can be really dark in our world, can't it? The darkness can be very dark uh, in, our, in our lives. 
But see, but that's when Jesus shines. The darker it gets, uh, the brighter uh, the light uh, that uh, Christ uh, shines into the world. Jesus makes it clear that a wonderful life is what he himself gives. That's what we're talking about. Look at John chapter 17, verse 3, and this is famously called Jesus' high priestly prayer. As he's going to the cross, he's praying to God. Look what he prays. This is eternal life. See, we, we, we tend to think eternal life is holy in the future. Look what he says. This is eternal life. That they may know you, God, may know you, the only true God, and the one you sent, Jesus Christ. See, this is eternal life. A wonderful life is knowing the God who is revealed in Jesus. A wonderful life is knowing the God who Jesus communicates to us through the Word. A wonderful life is the God that Jesus explains to us and who he breaks down uh, for us. A wonderful life is lived with Jesus. That's what a wonderful life is. It is a life that, that, I, that I live together with Jesus for Jesus. My life, I live with him for his fame, for his glory, for his honor. That means a wonderful life is both personal and public. Wonderful life is, is a personal thing. We're going to look at that. First is personal. Wonderful life is it's personal. Here's what that means. Y'all following me? This means that you can have this life today, the life that Jesus offers. This is the good news of the gospel, that you can have a fresh start today. You can have life today. So if you're hearing my voice, if you're already a Christian, right, in, in the room, and you're thinking about your week this past week, maybe it's been hard, difficult, maybe you've sinned a bunch, here's the good news. Fresh start today, if you believe the good news of the gospel. If you're here and you're not a Christian, the good news is you can have, you can have a new life here today. If you've never received it. On November 27, 1999, was the first time that this life and light came into my life. Before that, you know what it was? It was a lot of darkness. There's a whole lot of darkness in my life. And then I heard the good news of Jesus being preached by my friends. Some of my friends here in the community, and they shared the gospel with me. And all of a sudden, this, this light and this life started to come into my life. And every year, I got it marked on my calendar as repeat, text those guys. Every year, I reach out to those guys, and I text them and say, thank you. Thank you for telling me about the good news of the light and life that is in Christ. See, John wrote these words, and these words are like a flashlight in the darkness. That's what this is. Our, our world and our lives can be very dark, but when we hear these words, right, it is like a flashlight, right, shining into our hearts, shining into our souls, shining into um, our lives. When we speak these words, Read these words. Preach these words. The light is shining on you. And when the, flat, when the light shines on you, you will come alive. That's all there is to it. Right? Uh, uh, John, uh, the Apostle Paul, here's how he talked about it. In 2 Corinthians 4, 6. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness. When did God say that? Well, the first page of the Bible, when he created everything through the word Jesus, God said, let there be light. And it was so. The same God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the God's glory in the face of Jesus Christ. 
When someone truly becomes a Christian, it is deeply personal. And all of a sudden, you know what happens? That person begins to see light in Jesus. You begin to see life in Jesus. You begin to be attracted to Jesus. You want to believe in Jesus. You, you hear these words, and you say, there's something different about those words. I feel like someone's talking to me through those words. I feel like I can hear Jesus' voice uh, in, in those words. And you want to obey Jesus. And here's my question to you. Will you receive the life that Jesus gives today? Will you receive it? Because this is what Jesus came to give. Will you, will you come to the light rather than doing evil deeds in the darkness? Right? See, the Scriptures make it clear that right, people don't come to the light because they love their evil deeds and they want to stay in the darkness. Will you come out of that? Will you come out of the darkness here this morning and come into the light to receive the life that Jesus gives? If that's you, or it's already you, then that life has to be public too. It's not just personal, it's also public. If you already possess this wonderful life, then you gotta go, you got to go public with it. Look at what uh, John says again in John 1.5. That light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. The light, look at, look at what it says here. The light shines in the darkness. This means that the light of Christ is meant to shine in the darkness. That is, in our public darkness. And look at, the, look at this. I love this part. Yet the darkness did not overcome it. How beautiful is that? It means it doesn't matter how dark it gets. It is no match for the light of Christ. Um, some of my neighbors, I noticed, uh, don't turn on their outside lights at night. And uh, after cleaning all the bugs off my outside lights numerous times, this is my hypothesis. They do that because they don't want to clean all those bugs uh, off of their lights. Now, I may be wrong about that, but, but, here, but here's what I'm saying. <laughs> I haven't asked them. Maybe I should. Um, um, it works, right? And I, don't know, I don't know if it's, if it's what they do, but I, I've tried that uh, recently. And I, I, I don't clean the, the bugs off my lights uh, anymore, right? Here's my point in saying all this. As Christians, our lights are meant to be on all the time, right? We're not supposed to turn off the light uh, of Christ wherever we go or whatever we're doing. Uh, the wonderful light that we have in Jesus and the light of Christ are meant to shine in public. And here is one way uh, that we can go public with the life and that we have in Jesus, and that is through baptism. That is through baptism. If you have come to receive Jesus here this morning, or he's been working on you for a minute, then the same word Jesus tells you in, in this word that you need to go public with that. Because uh, what is baptism? Baptism is, is, a, is a public light shining for all to see and say, listen, I'm unashamed to follow Christ. That life has come into my life. I have new life now, and the light is currently shining, and I'm, un I'm unashamed of that. That's one way we can go public. Um, another is every Sunday, our public worship is a public light shining here in this community. Don't overlook that. Don't despise that. You know, you know the Bible tells us to do this. That the, early, the church has been gathering together on Sunday ever since Jesus rose. 
And we are told to do this for many different reasons, but we are here together publicly advertising it is a wonderful life in Jesus. And come on in here and get you some of this because everybody can get uh, in on it. And when, we, when this word is preached every Sunday, when we gather together hear this word, it is the light shining in the darkness here in this community. Right? I, here's what, I read this, uh, this past week, 2 Peter uh, 1, verse 19. This is an amazing passage. We also have the prophetic word. We got this? 2 Peter um, 1.19? Yeah. We also have the prophetic word strongly confirmed. He's talking about the Bible, by the way. And you will do well to pay attention to it. Look at this. As to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. And what is Peter talking about here? Well, he's actually talking uh, here about a time that Jesus grabbed Peter, John, who we're reading about in the book of John, and James, took them up on a mountain. Jesus opened the hood on his glory and showed him that he's the living God, and light began to uh, come out from Christ. Peter's saying that the Bible, the Word, when we gather together hear this Word, this Bible is a more reliable light and flashlight than that experience that he had on the mountain. That's what he's saying. All right, this is the importance of gathering together to hear. And look what he says. You will do well to pay attention to it. You know it's a good thing. You, you do well to come, to gather together, to hear uh, the Word of God preached. It's a good thing. And you know what? We ought to want to want to do that. We ought to want to do that. It's a good thing. Right? Don't despise it or uh, look down uh, upon it. Um, so he also says, look at, look at how he describes this. It's a lamp shining in a dark place. Isn't that amazing that when we gather together to hear these words preached, it's a lamp shining in a dark place, showing you the truth, showing you the way, right? Showing you, pointing you uh, to Jesus where life is, is truly found. So as we start the book of John, let's do this right here. Let's it's good to gather together to pay attention to this light, right? Make it a priority, right? Don't miss it, right? Be here, right? And that's not just for me. That's not for me. I, 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 that is not my heart, right? My heart is for you, right? It's a good thing, right? I want you to have a wonderful life, right? This is why we gather, this is why we gather uh, together. So, and, and let me suggest this and make this suggestion. Let's read through the book of John together. How about that? You know what? You know what? If you started today and read through the book of John, which I already gave you a head start. I read the first five verses. I already gave you a head start. So if you, if you started today, you would finish the book of John on Christmas Eve. How cool would that be? Right? And then you celebrate uh, the Word of God, the Word, a silent babe. Going public with this light that we have also means public invitations for everybody. Public in invites for everybody. So Christmas Eve is a great time to invite someone to come and visit with us. And this is a very simple way. This is the best way, actually, I think, to offer life to those you love and those you work with and your family or whatever. Is just invite everyone to everything all the time. That's my strategy. I'll offer it to you. It's simple. I can do that. I invite everybody to everything all the time. I even create opportunities for folks 
that I can, that I can invite them to. Plan something. I got, now I got an event I can invite them to, right? Invite everyone to everything all the time. Listen to this statistic. This is amazing. 82% of people are somewhat likely to attend church if invited. They are waiting for you to invite them. Tell them we got donuts. We got donuts and pastries, and they're going to be good, okay? We're going to get them. They're going to be like homemade and stuff. So anyway, let's let our light shine in, in, in the community and the public, right? And here, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Jesus' flashlight is the church. This is how he works. God in Christ works by the power of the Spirit through the local church. You are the flashlight in his hand. You are, you are what he is, wants to use. So let's let him turn the light on and let him uh, spread the life uh, here in our community, right? And this happens when we take him at his word and pay attention to it. And we get out there and do what he says. Amen.